When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Hey there, it's uh, Kyle Meredith. We're taking a uh, couple weeks off here from the uh, Kyle Meredith with podcast, but I wanted to thank you for uh, listening in this year by sharing some of our favorite interviews from 2023. We'll be back with brand new interviews on January 8th. But for now, let's revisit one of my favorite interviews from the year, Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age. I'm a man of very broad tastes, Kyle. Consequence Podcast Network. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here and checking out the series. Of course, you know what to do. If you uh, if you like what you see, what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Uh, I put out three new interviews every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones at Spotify or Apple Podcast, NPR, WFPK.org, uh, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Uh, recent episodes have included uh, John Roberts. He is the voice of Linda on Bob's Burgers. We had on uh, Dave Davies from The Kinks, uh, the band Inhaler, Stone Gossard of Pearl Jam, and I also talked to the cast of uh, Apple TV Plus's City on Fire. Those are just recent episodes here at uh, the Kyle Meredith with podcast. That's me, Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age. It's been a few years since we've been able to talk. It's been a few years since they've had a new album. But the band is back. It's called In Times New Roman. It's their first since 2017. Josh and I are going to discuss how he's making music for uh, all stereotypes uh, and the music we liked as adults that we despised in our youth. And, of course, ultimately how he's soundtracking his own life, which, like many of us, is pretty crazy right now. Uh, Josh is also going to dig deeper into the LP's more aggressive moments. We are going to go deep on his thoughts on why we even exist at all and his uh, his uh, uh, knack of using gallows humor to to even soften the blow of our very existence. <laughs> it's a great conversation, one of my favorites. Let's dig into it and talk about In Times New Roman. It's Kyle Meredith with Josh Hami of Queens of the Stone Age. It's good to see you again. Um, seriously, uh, In Times New Roman, uh, I love this record. I've loved everything you guys done. 
and I've been such a fan for such a long time. This is such a masterfully powerful album. That's the compliments at the beginning. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, now I'm uncomfortable. So, so thank you. <laughs> you know, two things that two, three things that embarrass me. Okay. Going shopping. You know, I don't get embarrassed. That's the thing. I, I, I'm, I'm fine with almost everything, but going shopping for clothes. Cause I, I don't do that. And then, uh, uh, eating at a party where you have to stand up. Like someone talking to someone like a plate of shrimp. It's like, I'm like, get the fuck out of here with that. Sure. And third is receiving a compliment. So I'd like to take this minute to tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm probably going to be told that a lot this interview, and I'm okay with that because I know why and what it means. It just means, you know what it means? It means I'm just scared anyways. It's fine. Yeah. Well, anyway, the record's fucking great. Stop it. Let's get into it then. Let me ask you questions about this damn record, okay? First off, though, like obscenery, we get into it and and your lyrics are off the charts good. The wordplay is great. And right at the beginning, I feel like it's this Willy Wonka style introduction. I love that, actually. <laughs> I love I, it. I'm making music for all stereotypes. Like, I need oh. you to have a cane when you do it, right? So do a little That's flip. The, you're the first person to notice one of my favorite. Uh, for some reason, I feel like that line is uh, is of its time, right? Like, because... It doesn't matter what side of the spectrum you're on and you can pick any spectrum you like but saying i make music for all stereotypes it's like makes me happy <laughs> that's like my that's my comfort zone because i feel like it's so accepting and also insulting at the same time that i just i i think to myself like now nah, would i do something like that you know i i, lo I love uh i love all stereotypes <laughs> Do you find that you're liking music that you would not have liked when you were much younger? Like the other day, I, the example, like Gilbert O'Sullivan's Alone Again Naturally comes on and I'm right on board it. with it. Sure, I love it now, but I know that I, I didn't love it, you know, 20 years ago. Sure, because when you're a kid, you, you try to revolt against your parents and you find your thing and you pick your ice cream flavor and you make a a little fence around it. You're like, no one else licks Rocky road. Right. As if you're defending a, 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 this ice cream flavor against a bully. Right. You, and you say, it's mine. You're trying to identify yourself in this cavalcade of static. Right. And, uh, and this is what you must do. And then all of a sudden quickly, if you're in your mid to late twenties and you're not, realizing that genre is for teenagers and people who work at a record store, you're in a big trouble because all of a sudden you're kind of like a, maybe you're a racist. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, I, I just, I mean, maybe you're not, that's maybe a bit extreme, but maybe you are, you know, I, I, I just think that like, I don't have guilty pleasures because I don't feel bad. Right. I'm, I'm in the pursuit of what I care about. And I think you are, too. And so, you know, I when I, you know, I'm listening to when I make dinner, which is every night from me and my littles, I listen to Chet Baker and I listen to Astro Gilberto and Stan Getz and Wow Gilberto. And I and I and then all of a sudden it's T-Rex and then it's the cars and then it's right. And then it's, a, you know, I Nilsson Schmilson, I, I what? Who am I to pretend I couldn't like Britney Spears' Toxic? I, what am I, a fool? It's one of the greatest pop songs ever written. 
Yeah. I mean, get out of my face with like, like telling me it's, I can't do stuff. I, I, I just look, we're soundtracking our lives here. And, and, uh, you know, being a DJ is bitching when you have the freedom to be bitching like that, when it's bitching, it's at the vanguard of like, Oh my God, wait, got to hear this. You won't believe what's going to happen. So there's something about saying you won't believe what's going to happen at the beginning of a story that says, Oh my God, reality is crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's unimaginable, but so true. Right. And I just, look, I'm making, I'm soundtracking my own life and I, uh, I want to do a good job. You know, I want to, I want it to be real. And, uh, that's why the brutality of the sonic side of this record and the lyric side is, that's why it's like that. Cause life is fucking nuts. You know, I mean, I didn't come up with that. I'm just noticing it. I'm standing next to you like, wow, you know, consider my tiny mind blown, you know, but how do you, I get to do this for a living. So I'm going to do it full on, you know, pry my guitar out of my cold dead hand. I think Charlton Heston said that. <laughs> Specifically, exactly like that. I believe he said that. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies. Yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A S T E P R O allergy.com. That's A S T E P R O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Josh Hami of Queens of the Stone Age. Those moments, and too, and, and it is a heavy record, and, and I can feel 
what you're talking about there, the projection of this life is crazy and the world is crazy right now. And there are those pockets, though, that I find bits of light. Uh, time and space is one of them. You know, when I was reading the lyrics of that one, well, first off, though, I'll take a big swing here. There's a Charles Bukowski poem. It's my favorite one. It's called Art and Light and Time and Space. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But I, but I, but I think when you're in the fight against this world for yourself, you, oftentimes you feel like the, the world's against you. That's not the case. The world is pursuing its own best interest, but you're in this world. And oftentimes the world's best interest is perpendicular to you. And every once in a while, it's what they call Mexican standoff or game of chicken. This is what I've tried to avoid my whole life, this game of chicken, this Mexican standoff, like, and because it's dangerous in that moment. But you need to know when it's the moment to look at someone and say, name the time, name the place, motherfucker. And, 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 I, and I believe in this. I, I, in the moments of profound loss, and uh, uh, confusion, disbelief, um, uh, sadness, and, and love, happiness, joy, and appreciation. Every once in a while, you have a moment where you're like, I don't fucking fight you right now. And someone says you're going to lose, and you're like, what does that have to do with it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bite your fucking ear off. You know, I, I just, I'll, I'll leave you forever changed, you know? That's, and, and, I, and I, I romanticize these moments. These, these are ideals. These are moments where they don't define your character. They reveal it. And I love these. I treasure these moments. You know, someone was mentioning, mentioning they said the word machismo <laughs> in regards to paper machete and time and place. And I was like, no, no. In the film of the soundtrack of your life, it's my job to freeze the frame, take a single celluloid moment distill that drop and make a sonic photograph of that and sometimes and i've sing about my own being terrified and and, and being in love uh, being rejected being all these things but this person was focusing in on the fact that sometimes i'm angry and but also i'm a fighter so sometimes i fight and sometimes i fight for the wrong reason but i fight nonetheless because because i know it's real Right, it's not machismo. It's uh, the willingness to throw yourself over the cliff of what you believe in, which is beautiful. I mean, that that is beautiful, and 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 that it, it sort of reminds me of uh, of Carnivore too. You know, we got the the second single there because that's one of my favorite moments. That that line when there's nothing I can do, I smile, and I'm now in. It's speaking of stereotypes. I'm I'm about to turn 42. I'm thinking about things that you think about when you get into your 40s. And I think about what if nothing? What if nothing? What if none of it matters and nothing happens after? And it's all here we here. This is this is just it. And I get a line like that. I think, well, at least there's that solace that fucking. You know, I I think I think um, could the fact that you exist all be to service um the furtherance of nothing. And I say that without context for religion or anything else. Religion is born of this notion, but it doesn't answer this notion. I guess my rhetorical question to you is, um, are you here to service the proof of nothing? 
you know, I, I, um, I don't care about the earthly interpretations of why and what. There's life's big questions. I, I can answer one of them. Why are we here? I can give you a temporary answer for why are we here. Which is? Because you are, so you better get started. Right? I, I, and, and it's not the final answer. I did not create the wheel, and I'm retarded. And um, I don't care if you're not supposed to use that word, and then that matters. These, these are just noises my face is making. I'm just saying, regardless of what I say, you're here. You better get started. And, and this is about nowism. You're here now. Five minutes from now is always five minutes from now, and yesterday is gone, my friend. And so this, we're talking. This is all you'll ever get. This is all I'll ever get. I need to make sure that that we're good right now because I've there's nothing else to do, and 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 I and, and I'm okay with that, you know, and and uh, or I wouldn't be here, you know. You don't need to do anything. It's like I need to make money. I need to do this. I need. Fuck you. You don't need to do any of that. You you what what you need to do is move at the speed of inspiration and pursue what's worth going after. And, and, and it's an utterly American perspective at times, it feels, to say such a thing. Yet here we are, um, and that doesn't matter either. That's just someone's critique of your ability to recognize that now is important. But fuck those people too. You know, I, I, to take a calculated risk is all that I see in life. And the people that eat peanuts and throw the shells into the ring they mean nothing. They are nothing. It is nothing. They create the static that's the same when the TV goes off. I just, you know, what can you do, man? You know, I, I um, what can you do? You know? I mean, I can't agree with any of that more. And, and I, I really do mean that. Like, that is exactly what I was getting out of this. That's exactly what I was hearing about in all of this. Well, but there's a great thing which people call gallows humor. Of course, you know about it, and of course, everyone knows about it. There's a great documentary, too, about um, offending people and gallows humor. And, and um, <laughs> there's a story about um, two guys who are in Auschwitz. And in order to survive, they've taken a job doing the most horrific things, which is like taking bodies to the crematorium and they've seen their people they know and, and, and they're taking a break and uh, God, I hope I get this story right. And, uh, and Joe, Dr. Joseph Mengele walks in, he's in a long, almost floor length leather coat and these guys are exhausted. Now they're talking about gallows humor, mind you. And <clears throat> they're, having a moment to stop and Mangala comes in and goes, open your mouth. And he looks the guy's teeth and he says, you need to take better care of your teeth. And he walks away. And one guy says to the other, he goes, Oh, nice. And the other guy says, yeah, nice coat. And they start laughing. And this is my perspective of life too. <laughs> you know, when life is tough, it's when life is good, it's funny. And when life is really rough, it's really funny. You know, and I think when, when life is hard, you need to make fun of it to soften the blow. If you don't make fun where there was none, 
All you have left is to take it really serious. And I just refuse to do it. I refuse to do it. Well, I certainly appreciate that. And in those moments, in those Willy Wonka moments in the face of utter darkness, I love this record so much. Willy Wonka is a very dark character. Absolutely. Absolutely. Both versions, Johnny and, and Gene Wilder, are very dark, perverse characters. It feels like a company to be in. And uh... What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> um seriously uh this record in times new roman it's so good i cannot wait to see it live you're going to be here in louisville september 24th at the louder than life festival and i will be there front row uh and uh, i'll be there too front row. Yeah. I'll be, i mean it's the different the other side of the front row but it's, i'll be right there <laughs> josh thank you so much for taking the time this is always such an honor cheers now, Josh has stopped by the uh, this show a few times over the years. Uh, the most recent time, though, was all the way actually back in 2016. This is when he teamed up with Iggy Pop uh, to talk about the uh, the record they did together called Post Pop Depression. Uh, I'm going to include that one here and another one here in just a few moments. But this one, we dig into uh, crooning, fear, sex, and death. Uh, all that and a whole lot more. This is uh, part two of Josh Homme and features Iggy Pop. Hey, hi, Kyle, Kyle. How are you? I'm great. It's good to be talking to you both. I like Louisville. Yeah, so do I. I love living here. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice so town. <laughs> I like <laughs> your airport. It's a small airport. airport. Yeah, they oh, call that's it. Why I like it? Yeah, they call it an international yeah. airport, but it's it's not real. It's not true. Well, but you know, like it. it's not the size of the airport. It's the motion of the flights. <laughs> so. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. In our case, we have a lot a to we have we have a lot to overcompensate for. I guess. <laughs> Hey, your words, not mine. <laughs> we should jump in here. I know we're on time limit, and I know I'm another cog in the whole thing today. So, uh, I do want to congratulate you guys on post pop depression. Uh, what a fun record! Um, sometimes a scary record, but mostly a fun record. I'm glad you got you got yeah. that. I think sometimes the 
Did you notice this, Ig, that sometimes just because the word depression is there, people go, well, it's so dark. I know. I know. Like, no, no, just don't. Uh, first guy that's caught the fun in the record. <laughs> it's a total yeah, this, fun record. It is. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's interesting because there's a lot of different moods that go along with it. And in fact, what I, what I actually heard on Showcase, Iggy, was, was your voice. And, uh, yeah, man. Uh, well, I Josh guess. Was, Josh was uh, very kind to me as an arranger he left all sorts of space for the vocals and uh he wrote some killer melodies and uh he got me the best engineer yeah mark rankin is mark wonderful. rankin yeah, who worked worked with adele mm-hmm. baby yeah. Yeah, so, and you know. sound just like Adele. I can I yeah, can vouch for you. that. <laughs> well, of- when you have Kanye West's auto tune, you can do anything. <laughs> and, and I had a studio of musicians and all this team of writers that wrote the uh, I forgot, but they're amazing. <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> we weren't forget. actually there; it was just other people. <laughs> right, so. right. But but in truth, though, you know. I know through the years, you know, when you think of Iggy Pop, you know, it's not always the first thing that comes to mind with the voice, but your last few records, those French songs uh, particularly. Them French songs. Them French songs. Uh, Louisville. Yeah. The French, the French songs were my uh, kind of homework yeah. leading up to this record. And that the reason I made those was I couldn't find, I hadn't been successful in finding anybody uh in the english-speaking world who wanted to let me just sing and sing melody and be a baritone so uh i found that in the french songbook more and also some of sinatra's old stuff i was covering and uh it gave me good practice for i think it was a great reveal too about there's all these crooning moments throughout your catalog and and that's was these concentrated crooning moments which, as a fan, for me, were I was like, yeah, no, it's a no-brainer. It's that's the what I love to hear, and um, and I think you know this. At first, we didn't we we were in agreement to not box this in and define it because it just wasn't necessary. But it became clear that this is a, an Iggy Pop record, and and that means that the music can't. Mark Lanigan had this <laughs> always would say to me. Uh, do whatever you want as long as you turn it down. <laughs> um, but he said that because he can be very cruel, honestly. No, uh, no, I, I love that he said that because it was like, don't challenge this. And I really think that's intelligent. When you have that crooning moment, you, you let it shine, you know? Yeah. I, I guess for you, Josh, that actually working with Mark this whole time, and I hadn't thought about it, does also set you up to work with Iggy with one of those great baritone voices and how to make it work. Uh, within the rock structures of this style, I, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I've had the 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 luxury of collaborating with, I mean, a, a lot of people, and uh, and the experience of that has all sort of been this wonderful, you know, natural preparation to be ready and 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 feel comfortable doing this, and I. Um, and so I'm really thankful for that. And <clears throat> and guys like Mark are uh, are also a one of a kind voice and fella. And so um, the understanding of recognizing when somebody has just something that is unlike everyone else in itself is is a a cool thing to have its experience with. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think uh, 
I, I've someone once called me a shepherd of the weird, but I really think that it's a, <laughs> That's uh, pretty good. I, I think really <laughs> what it is, is accepting people for who they are and not attempting to, you know what you should do, right. you should get, you know, you should get this job and walk the, you know, I, I love enjoying people as they are and turning that up. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, there you go. Well, Iggy, the, for you, and while we're talking about this, I can't imagine at this point like you really have anything to prove. But did it seem like because it feels like you did want to put that voice out there like that? Is this There's like the last thing? Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to prove. Yeah, and that's what I did. Yeah, yeah that was that was it was about that. It was exactly and about also that. also about uh, having something, uh, being able to engage lyrically having something to say, those right. two things. There's a lot of interesting things that you said on here. It seems like sex and death were running through a lot of the themes, <laughs> which well, I, I appreciate yeah. you not, you know, you can say That's that they me. can exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sex and death, baby, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I've got to also, don't forget, tamales and bank accounts. That's very important. There's something between yeah, them. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I'm not a realistic guy. I realize everybody needs two things. You need a bank account, you need some tamales before you can go with the sex and the dying. And then you can and die once it's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. The connecting thread. Actually, I like that. Go have sex and die. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that is the French, you know, the little death. Thing. Yeah, the little death. <laughs> There it is again. There it is again. There is. I don't think I want to interrupt that again. <laughs> there's one line, though, that so stands. I mean, there's a few lines, I guess. But when you do the repeating line, I have nothing but my name, it goes from this. It sounds like it's like a call for help at first and then turns into a battle cry that really reminds me of, like, I will fight no more forever. I will yeah. fight what forever? I will fight no more forever. Oh, that was um, Josh's idea. Mm -hmm. I had the line in the song, and um, he dared me. <laughs> Double dog, I yeah, Just talk it twice yeah. Yeah. at the end. So uh, he saw something there and uh, pushed it another step. And uh, it's quite an experience just uh, just saying that. And then I started to think, you know, you start to think, is that okay? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I think things like that in the wrong hands yeah. are, and are traditionally uh, you're forced to deal with something like a spoken moment at the end in the wrong hands. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so you're you're a bit brain trained to immediately jerk your hands back and go, oh, well, no, no, no. But I think this situation had this allowance to, there's an emotional shift that happens. You hear that and... And it's slow, so there's time. Right. And so you actually get to sort of traverse this emotional gap. And and this was the moment to try things that are uncomfortable because that's where it works, you know. I've, I've noticed several people, of, uh, it seems to be a grabber for mm -hmm. some people. That's like the scream in lobby, yeah. too, is, is another well, you know, thing. Yeah, like that. I was thinking, you know, when, uh, when the early rockabilly and rock started in the 50s, the shocking thing about it was that these people were screaming. You were supposed to sing nice, mm -hmm. and you were supposed to do, yeah, like sing like Perry Como or Bing Crosby or sing nice, you know. And uh, then all of a sudden there were these screaming people. But now, what we've had like what sixty-five years of screaming, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> and so to achieve the same 
kind of shock, you almost have to find a quiet moment and just say something. Yeah, make Maybe. someone hang for a yeah. sec. Yeah. You know, that so hang time. It was a good idea he had. The other extreme. You talk about that. I mean, there are yelling parts and everything. Is that for you genuine anger, or is that part of the entertainment of rock and roll? Oh, it's fake anger. Fake anger. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about uh, the soliloquy or monologue at the end of Paraguay. And uh, what happened, you know... You know, Picasso used to say, I paint what I see, and I'm a, I'm a front guy, so I say, well, I'll sing what you give me. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, so in that part of that song, the song is about, the song was something I had written before I called Josh. I was where I was at, the, I was at a loss uh, creatively, and I wanted to continue in that sort of, if you will, the f certain French direction I'd been hinting at uh, with melody and feeling. And uh, I wrote the verse and chorus to that about how I just wanted to walk away. Mm -hmm. Just walk away. Uh, and I, I felt like, why don't I? I've got enough money. And I knew I wasn't gonna. <laughs> you know? Well, that's what I think is interesting yeah. about the song. When, when we add that end part, oh. it almost feels like, you know, the dream is I'm going to get away, but then yeah. you realize I'm not going to make it. No. And so like, Josh, oh, fine, fuck you then. <laughs> Josh wrote, Josh wrote the words and music of the middle eight, mm -hmm. put a bridge to the song, which we do a lot of back and forth like that, and then he wrote that sadistic outro <laughs> boy i mean you want to okay you want to you, you want to have a little rock and roll on this record here's some rock and roll <laughs> jesus christ and i if it feels like it's love it's it's like the most pleasure i've ever gotten out of a whipping it felt like a whipping <laughs> and it was so strong in the room and uh he uh, matt helders was asking him a question about how at what points he wanted him to develop the intensity of the beat and josh just waved a hand in my general direction and said i don't know it's all up to whatever he does right now no pressure yeah, yeah no pressure right <laughs> so i was on the spot so what you've got there is i tried to i tried to delve in to the next step or in other words the the original verse and chorus are kind of polite. Mm -hmm. And now, what's really bothering this guy? Yeah. What's bothering me? <laughs> he won't and make so it. <laughs> it came out, and it was genuine, but I also realized it's funny, too. <laughs> you sure. know, some of it is, I know that, you know. So I'm, I, I, But it and, took us aback, because yeah. we only played it four times, that whole yeah. song, and, and it, each ending was different. And each yeah. time we looked at each other, uh, you know, I don't know if you picked this up, but we were like, wait a minute, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it stopped us in our tracks. It's yeah. amazing. Let me you tell know, you, I, so I was listening on a laptop, by the way, when I heard that, and I just wanted well, to shrink you. and disappear. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is you. No, yeah, I'm talking to yeah, you. And, and then I have to interview them the next day? Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it was not written out, by the way. It was, you that know, was a, that's... That's it's ad lib, thoughtful ad lib. Yeah. I would describe it as. It's so. such a powerful moment, and 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 just to, while we're on the subject of lyrics, to throw this other one in there. Everybody's scared. 
fear eats all the souls at once. I thought a mantra of our time, if I've ever heard one. It's, I certainly noticed uh, I agree. the incessant news flashes in the, it's been uh, over a year since that was recorded, mm -hmm. that vocal, and it, I seem to hit a wave. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, but I think the record is that there's an important side of that for me that you know mm. your life is kind of yeah, the the measure of a life is the the fears you've faced. Not, yeah, and yeah. you don't have to if you face them you don't have to be unafraid of them because right. some some shit is scary and uh, but at least you know and I think that mantra of this for the record too is pursuing things that feel a little bit odd or uncomfortable at first but that's where the good vulnerable stuff is and that line is is uh should be written down and nailed to every wall in town it really should i mean it's i've realized that it's kind of dumb to imagine that i could just transfer all my funds to a bank in paraguay buy a little compound in the trees and receive love and affection from my servants and bodyguards. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's worth also, a thought, man. It's, 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 but it would be great. But I think about it. You if know, you did it, I could come right, over. You know, I'm you thinking know, like, hey, let's I realize that's not the way. Of, that's not a, a a nice guy thing. Yeah. Thanks for leaving <laughs> me here. Yeah, that's. that's I think uh, I think of that, and then you open your eyes, and you're stuck in the muck where yeah, you really are. Right. Where right. It's like, God damn it! I'm not going to make it. Right. This you know, is if it, I just shut my on the inside of my eyelids. Is tattooed this, this dream, you know. Oh. Well, so I had to settle for Miami. <laughs> you had to settle for you Miami. Can, you can yep. almost see Paraguay from there. <laughs> I'm headed to Turks and Caicos on my honeymoon in a couple weeks, and maybe maybe I'll just stay there. I'll take your what, advice, and I'll stay there. Would you say there. Turks and Giggles? Sure. Would you say you're Turks you're and Caicos? To it's islands oh, sorry, beyond yeah. Florida. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm from the desert. I don't know enough about that. <laughs> anyway, all you right. like it. They're desert islands. Yeah. <laughs> There's no yeah, right. it's, it's sand. Just like, sand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good. I'm cool yeah. with that. <laughs> Well, thank you, guys. It is a unique record. It's a beautiful record. And it is a fun thank record you. all the way to the apocalypse. I mean, it yeah. honestly is sex and death. A good yeah. time till it's over. Well, you got to right. listen to some during both. So That's right. All right. Thank you guys so much for taking the time. I appreciate See it. See you later. Now, part three of this episode takes us back to 2013. I, I think this was the first time that Josh and I had ever done an official interview uh, for my series. Uh, this was backstage at uh, that year's ACL Festival down in Austin. We were talking about the album Like Clockwork, its comparisons uh, to early, uh, earlier material from them, and, and how he uh, was keeping the big rock torch alive. Part three of Kyle Meredith with Josh Homme. Kyle Meredith, Josh Homme, Queens of the Stone Age. Welcome back to the world of rock and roll. Thank you. You didn't really leave, but I guess... It's gone for a couple years. Yeah, yeah. you did other things. Yeah, I was like, I think I was like wandering around my backyard looking for something. I think that's what Wayne Coyne does in his spare time. He just, yeah. it's, he's the crazy guy in Oklahoma. Glass of around. wine, just like kind of <laughs> trying to find it. Yeah. You look good in that kind of image in my head. Yeah. No, it's great. Uh, like Clockwork, you've written this fantastic record. In fact, I'm already hearing people call it their favorite albums of the year and, and all that stuff. So that's nice. Um, that's yeah. nice. So that's good. <laughs> Anyways. No, it, it's cool, though, because, you know, I would imagine as an artist, you know, it's always about that, I, you know, I want to do something new. I want to prove myself every time. Is it frustrating at all that, you know, critics started right out of the gate saying, oh, wow, Queens of Stone Age are back, and, and he did something like Songs of the Deaf. And he did something like Rated R. Well, because it I starts mean, out like that. Yeah, I mean, the truth is, is that um, 
just behind you. They can only comment about what you've done. Sure. And they need some kind of touchstone to draw it close, you know? And so much about records is, is sort of the timing and the atmosphere and these things that are really kind of hard to quantify too, you know? Because people are, you know, some people have said, you know, lyrically this is so much more real. And I think to myself, it's not more real, it just starts from a more desperate place. It's not so unfounded that they said that. You did bring back some of the old cast, you know, uh, you know, from the early days. They're there. Of course, you brought in some more. And I think to myself how little tricks are, are work so well. How do you mean? Well, sometimes it's really easy to, I guess, you know, it's easier to catch flies with sugar than a swatter. Yeah. You're just leading us into this question is what you're doing with, with journalists. But they were there, the artwork was similar. What I'm saying is it wasn't totally unfounded, but what you did, you took all these amazing people, uh, all these amazing people, collaborators, and you didn't make, I mean, this isn't a Santana record, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. That's what it is. If, if you didn't know that they were on the record, you wouldn't well, know this but, could but be any, anybody in the world, I guess. Yeah, but, but I think, I think what, when we collaborate with someone, we're asking them to be part of our gang. Yeah. And to, to sort of agree to be absorbed in our world the way we agree to get immersed in our own world, yeah. too. It's not about dry humping someone's name to get further. It's, it's, right. it's about an earnest collaboration with someone. And, and I don't mean earnest goes to camp, you know? And so... Had some great songs in it. Yeah, I, and which I did all three of the soundtracks except for Ernest Goes to Prison. No, <laughs> but uh, now you will. Yeah, uh, but with, with the exception of Elton, right? Who I didn't know before. Right. Everyone else is people that I know that uh, that that I care about quite a bit and are really talented people. And so, why wouldn't you want to collaborate with them? And in particular, if it's not like. As I said, it's to be part of our gang and yeah. to do something cool together. Well, it's done in such a tasteful way is what I'm getting at. Well, you know, I appreciate which that. Which is really I, nice I, to... I, I think, you know, initially when people were seeing who was on the record, based on they were saying things and yeah. we hadn't said anything. Right. But it was almost detrimental at first because it created a strange balloon that 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 is difficult to wrangle because it becomes about what someone wants completely. And, you know, one of those things, something like that, whatever you think it's gonna be, it definitely won't be that because it's, you're not there, you know? And so it can be difficult to to overcome that, you know? But I think we, I think it's gone, it's gone well. I think it's gone great. Yeah, it's been really nice. When you're working with those people, you were kind of talking about, you know, people calling it a personal record for you is just something that came from a dark spot or a desperation. But when you're working with that kind of material though, when you're working with your, just your, the regular Queens cast or, you know, the collaborators or whatever, you're still using your soul in a way that normal people wouldn't, you know? You've got to lay it out there and then use it in collaboration, which it would seem like they're going to take something and make it something different that maybe you didn't have in the beginning. I don't want to try to make someone happy um, by veering off. This isn't that situation. This is a situation where you like, bear it all. And that, that can only be done as a device for yourself. You know? Well, it's something that lasts long. Well, I mean, I get to play music for a living. We could do something classic that could change somebody's everything. Yeah. And it could change my everything. To, you know, like, what am I gonna do? Like, ask around and make sure it's okay first? It just doesn't factor in there. It's just not right. It's just that, 
and everything about that doesn't seem right to me, you know. Did you at any point say, okay, you know, you had vultures, you were doing vultures, but it was six years between Queens and Stone Trick. Did you ever have that wonderment, like, are we relevant? Because you're doing a sound. We've never been relevant. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. No, I mean, we, 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 we play heavy metal festivals because we're not heavy metal. Right. We play like, like, you know, like hippie festivals because we're not hippie. We're always the ginger on someone's palate. Yeah. We're not really part of a scene. And, and like, sometimes I wish we were, but then other times I feel like, no, this is the way it is. This is how it is. Yeah. You know? Um, well, you're keeping big rock alive when bands aren't doing that. When most bands are playing the trend, you guys are doing this purpose. great rock thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just, like, I gotta be me. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, even like the Stones did I, disco in disco era, you know? And yeah, but they did it great. Sure. And maybe you could do it. Uh, I think I think there's a way to do all things as long as you like it. If someone has, if someone doesn't like it, I mean, go fuck yourself. I don't really care. But see, like yeah. you did do this, and, and probably unintentionally, you went from this spot in your career six years ago when you were here, and when you came back, it's suddenly like you were a much bigger rock star because you weren't here. I mean, there well, was a I, day I, in your I early bands when you were against rock star, right? Well, I just I, I come from. Listen to Black Flag and sure. GBH, right, right, where it's right. like do well but don't do too well, and and really infiltrating and destroying is all I ever wanted to do, yeah. and really that's what I really enjoy most now. Corruption is one of my favorite hobbies. You know, I'd love to burn it all down because that gives us a chance to start over and and apply something we knew to something new. Right, right. And right. and I and I and I don't see much in convention that isn't worth retilling and starting over, you know what I mean? So I I think this is just a chance to sort of like explode your your feelings, your your desire, how far you're trying to reach. That has nothing to do with how many records you sold. It's just a desire to like touch a, a moment for a second that's beyond people, you know what I mean? Like if I could just touch it for a second, I could die happy, you know? And I, and I, and, and I don't want to like listen to, like naysayers, they say nay, that's all they say. I, they don't matter. And, and people that love your music, then let's celebrate together. But we got to stretch and reach as far as we can, you know? I mean, that's, that's what this is. Beautiful word. Well, do you think, do you think age played into that at all? That you're, do you think age played into that at all? I mean, what, you're coming up on 40, you hit 40? I'm 40 now, I turned yeah. 40 this year. Congratulations. Well, I don't know, I just know that, uh, that I know now more than ever, you have to tell your truth yeah. without any filter and damn the torpedoes, man. What yeah. should I know about being 40? 32. What's the emotions I'm going to go through to get there? You know what? I have an inner calm that I wish would be on the outside, too. <laughs> All right, Josh. Like clockwork. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll see you around. Cheers. Cheers. And my thanks to Josh Homme. The new Queens of the Stone Age record is called In Times New Roman. 
Thanks to you for checking out the episode. Uh, again, uh, please do hit that subscribe button while you're hanging around. You do that, I give you three brand new interviews every single week. A new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists. And discover the new ones at Spotify and Apple Podcasts at nprwfpk.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And then after that, do me a favor. Head over to wfpk.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's got uh, classic songs. It's got bonus interviews. It's got anniversary spins. We have a whole lot of fun. In fact, a recent uh, a recent show I did had the music of Depeche Mode and Radiohead, Nine Inch Nails, as well as Billie Holiday, Nina Simone, Sly and the Family Stone, The Kills, Brandy Carlisle, The Clash, Blur, Tori Amos, Fishbone, The Breeders, uh, Jesus and Mary Chain, Childish Gambino, My Morning Jacket, Neil Young, and an interview with actress Harriet Walter, who recently starred as the mom in both Succession and uh, Ted Lasso. Uh, not Ted's mom, though. Uh, but uh, that's uh, that's just a typical show that you can find 6 p.m. every weekday at wfpk.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All three of them. The address is at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Consequence Podcast Network. See you on the flip. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.